Hello, Mick. Welcome back to another edition of From the Press Box. Or no, this is not From the Press Box. This is Jungle Juice. I'm sorry. I am, <laughs> well, I am, we're off to a really wow. good start here. Yeah, uh, this is great. It's we, We've been gone for too long, and now I'm falling apart, clearly. Sam, Sam forgot we, he has another podcast that he does. Uh, yes, this was not supposed to be a shameless plug. Uh, but how are you, Mick? Let's just, let's start the, how about, you know what, let's just, let's just do this here. So let, let's just. <laughs> Welcome to edition of Jungle Juice Podcast. I'm Sam Gormley. He's Mick Nelson. There we go. We just did it again. It's like it never even happened. Yeah. 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 That's, uh, we did good there. You, Look you, at you us. Really, you really rebounded from, from that mishap. We uh, have. We've it's been a minute since we've been on. We've both been extremely busy with life and so on. So we took a little bit of a hiatus over these last, I don't know when the last time, 10 days or so it's been since we've had a last show. So we've got a lot to get to. But uh, Mick, a lot of Bengals news has surprisingly come through over these last couple of weeks as well. Yeah. Uh, are we saying that the T Higgins thing is surprising? surprising no but that'll definitely be something that we're going to talk about on today's show as also coming up on the show we uh i think we're gonna have a good discussion because i think it's important for us to have about joe mixon and yeah. mick and i uh, uh when we had our i think it was our last show we had a discussion and we actually disagreed where you said that you thought the Bengals should keep joe mixon i said that we i thought they shouldn't I want to dive deeper into that conversation because I think it's important because I think it's one that the fan base is having a lot of uh, over these next couple of weeks. Maybe, Mick, you've already changed your mind on that. I don't know. We haven't talked about it, but that'll be good for us on the pod here tonight. The salary cap is increasing. We're going to discuss that. What impact could that have on things like the T. Higgins deal? You know, what changes could that have? Does that make something more likely for an extension? Does that make it more likely that Joe Mixon is a Bengal next year? We'll talk about that. And then the NFL Combine, Mick has a list of some guys that he is going to be watching that could potentially be on the Bengals' uh, radar and maybe just in general that he's wanting to see uh, for the Bengals coming up. But we appreciate everyone for tuning in on the Jungle Juice Facebook page, Jungle Juice YouTube, and also on the Jungle Juice X Twitter, whatever we want to call it. We thank you for joining us there. But Mick, let's let's waste no more time and let's let's dive into the T. Higgins news. On I guess it was Friday evening, it was leaked to the media and reported that the Bengals are going to decide to use the franchise tag on T. Higgins. I know my first reaction, I'm assuming, is the same as yours, Mick, and that was I'm not surprised. Yeah, yeah, not surprised by it. Uh I, I think this kind of confirms that I that they're probably wanting to go all in on 2024. Uh, I mean, I, I think they're probably going to tag T regardless, and I think that them going in all in for 2024 is was a pretty strong possibility. Um, you know, with the salary cap increase, I think it's a lot easier to stomach. Um, you know, and I love T. I loved uh, what he's done for the team, uh, but. I was, you know, kind of worried that he'd be eating up too much cap when we have some holes to fill. But, you know, there's some other factors that kind of come into play and not just the salary cap increase. But this is also not the greatest of free agent classes that we're really seeing. So are the Bengals really going to spend money um, in March? Uh, I guess we'll see on that. But 
um, you know, they, they might also be looking at rolling forward as much cap into, into 2025 as they can as well. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm very happy about the T Higgins move though. Uh, I think that, um, I think it was the right decision. Yeah. I will say this. I think it was absolutely the right decision. You know, you're locking him in for $21 million. And, you know, if anything else, I think the Bengals are kind of saying, hey, you can make us an offer. We might listen. And we're going to come back to that, what the offer could look like and what the Bengals accept. What do we think? What's the history and so on here in just a few minutes. But I think if anything else, in just going basic terms, like you said, you're getting the band back together and you're letting it ride. Because I know that the Bengals... Last season, I think it was 120 plays last season that they had healthy Burrow, healthy Chase, healthy T on the field at the same time. And in that 120 plays, and I know it is a very small sample size, they were the number one offense in the NFL by a large margin. And, and I get it. They did it again. They did it against stiff competition, too. They did it against two uh, championship contenders in the Niners and the Bills. Those were the two games that and the Texans, I think, as well. Uh, was T around? For, I don't think T was around for the Texans game. I think I don't I think, know, but but still, you mentioned the Bills and 49ers were two of the better games offensively for the Cincinnati Bengals all season, and that was important, I think, to try and get the band back together for at least one more. Because my worry, and I think it was the Bengals' worry as well, is you don't tag him. You're getting maybe a third-round pick for compensatory, but that easily could go away if you make a splash and sign Chris Wilkins, just as an example, or Chris Jones. You know, Insert big-name free agent. That would almost cancel out to where you end up in the long run get nothing for T. Higgins. And that's where I think you had to at least give something because I think he's too good of a player to give to get nothing in return for him. Yeah. Um, and I think with this, though, and with this decision, there are some questions that could come. And the first one is, let's go extension. Because now the Bengals have the ability to work toward a long-term extension. And I, I think that, you know, I, I do not expect a long-term extension to come for T. Higgins. Nor do I necessarily think it would be the right decision to have a long-term deal unless it was very team-friendly. Yeah, and given who T. Higgins' agent is, uh, Mulligetta, I forget his first name, Brian. David. David Mulligetta, uh, who, if you guys don't know, uh, is Deshaun Watson's agent uh, and has also represented plenty of formal ba former Bengals where uh, both sides were never really able to uh, – most, most notably, Jesse Bates. Yep, Jesse Bates. That's the one I was more or less alluding to. But um, yeah, where the Bengals really couldn't come to an agreement with with the agent uh, or the player. Um, I just don't see T being back. I think we've seen the story before, obviously, with Jesse. And, uh, you know, we're going to use the tag on T. Uh, thank him for his services after, after this year. And... Uh, He's going to be a, a really good wide receiver for somebody else going forward. And I think that's probably the right strategy to go about it, Sam. Uh, you're going to have to – you can only extend either T or Jamar, in my opinion. You can't extend both. You're eating up way too many resources by locking up so much money into two wide receivers and a quarterback. Um, 
you know, if Andy Dalton were the quarterback of the Bengals, I'd say try to do it because, you know, you saw the Bengals that didn't, you know, they didn't do that with uh, Marvin Jones or Mohamed Sanu in 2016. Look where that got him. They got, it got him Tyler Boyd, but he didn't start coming on until AJ started falling apart. So, um, but we don't have Andy Dalton as our quarterback. We have Joe Burrow. We have a top three quarterback in the league. He's eating up the most money. Uh, he's eating up the biggest cap hit in the league probably next year, uh, or at least a top five cap hit. Um, yeah, you just can't keep all three of them. It's just not feasible. And the wide receiver uh, market's probably about to completely reset here in the coming months, potentially. Yeah, with guys like Justin Jefferson and CD Lamb and so on, and heck, even Chase, yeah, yeah in, in that realm, it is going to completely blow up. And I think it's also going to be really interesting because you look at the draft, and we're going to talk more about the draft in the coming weeks, but there's a lot of wide receivers that continue to come out in these recent drafts. I mean, you look at this, there could go two in the top five, right? You know, with a guy like Roma Dunze and Marvin Harrison Jr. Will they both go in the top five? Maybe not, but but another guy that could go in the top five that you could throw into a wide receiver realm at that is Brock Bowers. You know, I know he's been rumored potentially the Chargers. I don't see that happening, but still, it I is a potential him. that you're I seeing see more of these. Fight. Yeah, but you're seeing more of these top-level wide receivers go out early. Yes. To where I'm interested if a guy like T. Higgins might be in a weird situation where he is probably not considered in the upper echelon of guys like Jamar Chase, CeeDee Lamb, and so on. But he's, is he, you know, he's in this weird in-between of he's not upper echelon, but he's also not a rookie. Is it worth paying a rookie number to get closer to T. Higgins and maybe get more games? Because T. Higgins has had the injury history as well. And that's going to be one of the interesting aspects too. Yeah, I, I think Joe, I think Jamar Chase and how dynamic of a playmaker he is pretty much enables any other quality wide receiver on the team to produce and, and provide uh, a meaningful contribution to the team. You know, I, I know T had a pretty good rookie year and he's obviously had good games without chase. Um, but I, I just think that's just the way uh, it goes when you have another wide receiver who's as good as Jamar Chase on the other side. It makes things a little bit easier on you. They can try doubling both of you, but then, you know, that just leaves somebody else wide open, right? So um, I think it's probably a good move to find somebody in the draft, like you said. You know, we're, we're seeing wide receivers – we're seeing really good wide receiver classes year in and year out, essentially. I can't remember the last time. This past year might be the only year I could think of us having, you know, the NFL having a like a subpar wide receiver class, or maybe just like the first rounders weren't that good because you still had Puka Nakua who came out in 2020. Uh, Rasheed Rice. Rasheed Rice. Yeah. It's another yeah, There are multiple one. guys. And I think having, I think the quarterback and the offensive play caller matter more, right? Because you know, yeah, Puka's a fifth-round pick, but he's going into Sean McVay's system, and and Matthew Stafford is still, you know, uh, wheeling and dealing when he's healthy. And then, obviously, Rasheed Rice has Mahomes, and, I mean, he's probably the best wide receiver Mahomes has had since Tyreek Hill was there. So, I think with this now, as it does lead us into the next aspect of this T. Higgins deal, is the Bengals now theoretically could be open for business. And by that, I mean 
It could be an extension to T. Higgins, or it could be the quote-unquote tag-and-trade. Now, to go through the history of this tag-and-trade, I'm going to first start with A.J. Brown. Now, A.J. Brown was not technically a tag-and-trade, so that's something to keep in mind, but he still kind of was at the same time. He didn't get the franchise tag. He was in the fourth year of his deal, if my memory's right, and then they traded him away. It was. It wasn't technically a tag-and-trade, but it pretty much was at the same time. He was dealt to the Eagles two years ago for picks number 18 and 101. Now, if somebody called the Bengals today and offered them that deal, I would be probably packing T. Higgins' moving van myself if you're going to get a first-round pick for him. Now that I'm thinking more about this, maybe they are kind of different in the sense of the cap hit number, right? Because A.J. Brown was in the fourth year of his deal, and he was a second round pick. So his cap number was probably correct a quarter of the 2020 or of the 22 million that you're paying T Higgins. So that's got to decrease the value of Higgins dramatically. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Now to put things to dive deeper into that, uh, Devontae Adams, he had that as well. Again, a different scenario because there was uh, some disgruntledness, I guess is probably the the best way to describe it, between him and the Packers and so on. And then he also knew that more than likely his quarterback wasn't going to be there much longer. But they traded him to the Raiders for a first and a second round pick. Again, not a perfect comparison at all between T. Higgins and Devontae Adams. Yeah, I don't want to poke another hole in there, but we're also talking about A.J. Brown and Devontae Adams. I mean, Devontae Adams two years ago as the best wide receiver in football and AJ Brown is, <coughs> excuse me, has constantly been a top 10 receiver. And I don't think you can put T in that category, unfortunately. I mean, I, I, I think the most realistic thing you get from T is a third round pick with the tag. Uh, in- so let, let's go further into the, some of these examples as well. Yannick and Gakwe, not different position, but defensive end, Trades from the Jaguars to the Vikings, second-round pick. Jadavian Clowney, traded to the Seahawks. You've got a couple of players in a third-round pick. Frank Clark, traded to the Chiefs, first and a future third that year. Interesting. D. Ford, traded from the Chiefs to the 49ers for a second. And then one that I think might be the most interesting is in 2018, on the 9th of March... The Miami Dolphins traded Jarvis Landry to the Cleveland Browns for a fourth and a seventh round pick. Now, is T. Higgins Jarvis Landry? This is when Jarvis Landry was in the height of his prime, too. I mean, he had a couple of years there where he was a dude. Yeah, I would say he's more closer to Jarvis Landry than he is Devontae Adams. And so that's kind of what I'm thinking as well. So that's what I would ask you is let's say somebody calls up the Bengals today and offers a fourth and a seventh round pick for T Higgins. Uh, what are you saying? It. Not taking it. No, absolutely. Not. What, what do you need if you're Duke Tobin? I mean, I, I'm not trading him for anything less than a second. Now I do think that. Now, now I, I kind of want to uh, follow you up on that. Pick 69. Like, is this, does it need to be, well, late pick second, need... pick sixty nine is in the sec- in the third. Uh, okay, well, it's still late second. Like, are you wanting you know pick? I think it's got to be a mid a mid second round pick, but also like I mean, if we're 
let's take a step back here and just think of teams that would be picking in the latter half. None of them are hurting desperately to have a T. Higgins, right? I mean, the the Ravens might be the only one, and obviously we're not trading within the division. That's not happening. Browns would be maybe the other one. Again, not trading within the division. Um, I can't think of really any other playoff teams that were really hurting for a receiver, though. That that are hurt, that are hurting for one. Maybe the Bucs. Evans is leaving. That's uh, one of the teams that comes up a lot is is Tennessee. They'd be picking it's, early in the second round. Exactly. And, I mean, if the Titans called, and I think they have picked 38 or 39, 40, somewhere in that realm, again, the specifics doesn't necessarily matter. And they offered that, again, I'm accepting that. Now, yeah. if, what, if they offer their high third, I don't think so. Because what I'm trying to think of is, I think what the Bengals would then do is, with whatever pick they would get in return, let's just say it was pick 38, just for example. What, whoever it is, it doesn't necessarily matter. I think then you're using that on your next T Higgins, you know, whether it's the guy from Florida state, Keon Coleman or, or whomever that might be in that realm, you're probably looking in that second round, whether it's your first second round pick then, or your second, second round pick, you're trying to find that because as Paul Daner jr. Pointed out, Mick, and I don't know if you saw, if you, if you heard this, the Bengals and Duke Tobin have drafted leap year, second round wide receivers consistently. 2020, T. Higgins. 2016, Tyler Boyd. 2012, Mohamed Sanu was day two picks. So, it, and again, I know it's 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 a coincidence. It's not like there's anything to that, but it's more just funny that it's happened now three straight leap years. Let's see, they get anybody in 2008? Who's their second round pick in 2008? I I don't. I, I'm looking this up right now. We're seeing how far back this goes. I think it stopped Jerome in 2012. Simpson. Nope, Jerome Simpson in was 2008. Really? Yeah. Okay, so it is let's something see, that the Bengals just do. Oh four. Let's see how. <laughs> I want to see how long this thing lasts. I hope it just goes back to like 196, like the Bengals' first ever year that it's uh, just something. It's, it started in 08. So yeah, number 04 was Kewan Ratliff, cornerback uh, out of Florida. But this uh, is day two. We're talking day two. Oh, so this talking, is just day two, day yeah, two in it general. Still, it still ends in 04 because Madiu got picked. And then Caleb uh, Miller and Landon Johnson. Well, you got in, in 2000 in 2000, though, they took Ron Duggins, wide receiver, in the third round. Sam, 1996, remember, they take a tight end. Day so. two didn't happen, though, until t- I I guess we're saying second or one, third. Yeah, it used to be all in one day. But um, still, it, it's it's an interesting stat. Reg- I mean, or at uh trend i guess and as they always say don't bet against the trend but i think the most likely scenario for the bengals to continue that trend would probably be them trading away t higgins but they might do it regardless because they want to find the heir apparent to t higgins because i don't know that you've seen enough from andre yoshibash or charlie jones or trenton Irwin to truly fill that void yeah i don't think you've seen enough from them either and you like We've noticed we want to talk about trends. This is a consistent trend of the Zach Taylor era. The Bengals love to redshirt if they can. Uh, you know, top you know, two top two round draft picks, I think, especially the first round draft picks. But um, you know, we're talking about, you know, CTB. I mean, maybe he he eventually took over for Eli because Eli sucked. DJ Turner was thrusted in. Because of injury, right? I mean, that's because Cheetah was injured. 
Um, or maybe Dax Hill. Dax maybe, Hill's the best example of that, of to fill the void that was going to be left more by, or less by Jesse Miles Bates. Murphy. More yeah, or less Miles Murphy, Murphy is going to replace probably Sam Hubbard at some point. But I think all of these discussions around the T. Higgins decision are really interesting because I think the most likely scenario is nobody offers what the Bengals think they should get. And they bring the boys back together and let's ride in 2024. Yep. And now, is that the right decision? I think it is. Because I don't think that there will be a price tag that would... Because I think if I'm the Bengals, I would want a top 40 pick. And I'm not saying that T. Higgins is worth that because he's his worth is different for every team. But I think for the Bengals' worth, for what he brings, I think that's probably what I would be thinking. And I think that's what they're going to think. And I don't know that they're going to get that. I'd be shocked if they do. Yeah. Yeah, same here. So that's why I think that more than likely you're just going to see T. Higgins move on and uh, after the 2024 season and go... Who knows where? I think it'll be interesting to see where T will end up. Who knows? It could be in the division. To me, though, Mick, one of the other things that has come up since we had our last show that has been really interesting to me has been the Joe Mixon situation. And I know we... and and, birds have been chirping on that. There's a lot of speculation out there. Yes. So, for one, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, you, when we did our mock off season a couple of weeks ago, you decided to keep Joe Mixon. And correct me if I'm wrong here, but if if the Bengals would get rid of Joe Mixon, you're not going to be unhappy, correct? I'm not going to be. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I, I think I could go either way on this thing because uh, that's what I've been the most surprised about is the fan reaction to the potential of getting rid of him. Of the fans who can't understand why it's a thing. I I do think that, and, you know, not to harp on you, Sam, because, like, I, I just don't necessarily agree that Joe Mixon looks past his prime. I think Joe Mixon has probably looked the same that he's always looked, which is a middle of the road, uh, not going to be a game breaker for you, but isn't going to be uh, too much of a liability. Uh running back. I think he's always been that way in his entire career. I don't think he's really aged. And also, if we're looking at the free agent market, who are they really going to get? I mean, everybody's around the same age. I mean, they're like, you know, the better running backs are like 26. It's only two years apart. Um, here's, Here's my philosophy with it. You mentioned middle of the road. Why are you paying a middle of the road running back top tier running back money? Is it top tier running back money? Eight and a half million dollars is what he's going to be making. That's I mean, got it. I don't know that. that out on the, in fact, on the list. The, so mean, the average cap hit for an entire NFL team's running back room last year was $7.2 million. So that means that the Bengals will be paying one of their running backs more, over a million and almost a million and a half more than the next high, than the average room in the NFL. I just, I, I, I listen, I, I like Joe Mixon, but it, it's time. Because you, you also mentioned his age. And that is, you know, accurate that he is younger. But he's also had the fourth most carries amongst active running backs. And mm-hmm. when, when you look at behind that, 
Here's the list. Ezekiel Elliott is number one. What's he doing? Wasn't he with the Patriots? Technically. Oh, yeah. Melvin, yeah. Melvin, Melvin Gordon, who I think played on 75 teams last year. And then Derrick Henry. And to me, Derrick Henry is an anomaly because he's a freak. And yeah. Joe Mixon is a whole lot closer to Ezekiel Elliott and Melvin Gordon than he is to Derrick Henry. Yeah, I mean, I'm not necessarily disagreeing with that. I'm just saying, like, what what's the alternative here? Because I, I, uh, in the free agent market, you're just going to get the same thing, essentially. I mean, you're going to... For $5 million less. Who are you going to get for $5 million less, though? You're going to get A.J. Dillon potentially for forty five for $5 okay, million let's, less. Let's say $3.5 million less. Who? I mean, I, I like, still, I'm still anybody. To... I mean, Joe Mixon, like, even if you look at the stats here, uh, last year, yards per carry, he was 26th out of 34 uh, carry running backs with 150 uh, yards or 150 carries. He was 33rd in yards after contact out of 34, 22nd in explosive plays, 33rd in breakaway percentage. His elusivity rating, which is a PFF one, 31st out of 34. I yeah. just, I, I, I just, I don't know if we're going to find anybody for that much cheaper. And I do get it. The, the explosive dump, the explosive measurables you're mentioning are, um, yeah, they're not good. They're not good by any means, but, um, I just don't know who's really out there. We're saying anybody, but I think, you know, the, the running back market, I think is, we're talking about how capped it is right now that you know the running backs aren't making much money um but i guess where i'm getting as are you going to find an alternative who is that much better than joe mixon for much cheaper and because if we're looking at running backs that are going to be better than joe, that are better than joe mixon we're looking at deandre swift we're looking at tony pollard derrick henry Austin Mickler, J- Josh Jacobs, all of those guys are going to make more money than than I brought up the, that statistically on win percentage on rushes. AJ Dillon is a better running back than Joe Mixon. He is a better running back, but he also has never really carried a workload. Well, that's because I think you're going to also. I, I'm putting a lot of trust in Chase Brown second year bump, but then I also think you're drafting another running back here. And yeah. I think you're 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 putting your chips into hoping that you can find your Isaiah Pacheco, or you can find your uh, uh, Damian Pierce from you know his rookie year, not necessarily this not, past not year, last year's Damian yeah. Pierce. But still, you're trying to find that that diamond in the rough of that that's not going to cost you eight and a half million dollars. Because the way I'm thinking about it too is eight and a half million dollars. That's you know. That's getting you. Is that a wide receiver? Is that a you know a wide it receiver be, four? It could be a slot. I mean, it could be your slot wide receiver. I would not spend a wide receiver for uh, eight million dollars, but it's it's potentially a, a right uh, tackle. You know, a a swing uh, right tackle as far as somebody that you can trust into putting it in there. Just, but I think it's just I think that money could be spent in better spots than on Joe Mixon, who is an aging running back in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I and mean that could be a run, that could be a tight end. That could be a, a solid tight end that we haven't had uh, in a couple of years. I mean, I mean, is uh, Dalton Schultz? What, what's his what's his APV? APV? 
his 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 guests there or what what is his spot track say on the on him I'm because not, he's, I'm, I'm on over the cap right now i'll see what that is but i don't i don't really trust anybody at this point i don't think that these it's guys... a, it's i mean it's everybody's guess nobody really knows on on what it might be but it's just i don't understand like i like joe mixon he's been a good running back for the Bengals. So the Dalton Schultz, okay, they say 11.3 mil is what spot track says. That seems a little high. Uh, but like, and again, I don't necessarily want Noah Fant. I'm not sure that that one necessarily excites me, but he would be a guy in that realm probably. He'd probably be even less than that of, of an example of I think that you can use that money in better spots and hopefully find. Because the other way I think about it is if you rated the final four running backs this year, and let's just say it was a final five. And Joe Mixon was in that category. Let's just say that, for example. You've got Pacheco, McCaffrey, Gibbs, and then Edwards slash Lamar. But And I think the Ravens are kind of a hard team to, to kind of talk about the running back position because they're so different. But can you give me the – what's the list again? You said Pacheco. Pacheco, McCaffrey, Gibbs – and then whoever you want to count for the Ravens. So this is where I'm going to kind of counter that. Because we have never really seen a good, sustainable run game in the Zach Taylor era. All four of those guys are in systems where we've seen the running game work and work very efficiently and very well. We're talking about the Ravens, who have probably had the best run offense in football for the past decade. We're talking about Kyle Shanahan, who again probably has been has had top five rushing offenses within the past however long he's been there. We're talking about the Chiefs, who I think have sustained pretty good run offense in the Mahomes era. And then what was the other one? Ben Johnson's Lions, who Ben Johnson is probably a top ten play caller in the NFL. And I think Zach's still a really good play caller, but I think his Strong suits are more suited in, um, you know, coming up with plays for Joe Burrow to and, beat Joe and, Burrow. And his defense, probably pretty the smart way to handle things, too, at yeah. the same time, is is <laughs> you put the ball in the hands of your best player, and that's what Zach Taylor has done a lot of the case. But my question with that, and I, I think you're making a good point, is how much of that is scheme, how much of that is offensive line, and how much of that is Joe Mixon? And I think the answer to it is yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna put I'm gonna put percentages on this. Okay. I'm gonna put seventy percent on scheme. Wow. I'm gonna put twenty percent on Joe Mixon, just because we've seen the run offense do look somewhat efficient when we saw Chase Brown get a decent sized carry load, and we saw Samaj P. Ryan sprinkled into the game a little more so i'm going to put a little bit of it on 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 joe mixon as well maybe i'll tease it down we'll say 60 55 scheme 30 percent joe mixon and 15 percent offensive line because it's not like we haven't signed dudes on the offensive line we have tried no. we have exhausted uh, pretty pretty much any option to getting the offensive line to look like it should you know, to look like it's what it should have looked like in 2023 and you know 
we were trying to get it back to that 2015 form, right? Where it's probably the best Bengals offensive line I've seen probably ever, right? I mean, in our I, lifetime. I, I, I was thinking maybe 05, you know, when they had Willie, Willie they had Rich Brand, they had uh, who am I, who am I, I'm blanking on the, uh, this is guy Levi, that got was that, Steinbeck, uh, Eric Steinbeck. Yeah, Eric Steinbeck, yep. I mean, so guys like that, but yeah, I mean, 2015 was was probably the best offensive line, I would say, with Whitworth, Bowling, Zeitler, Andre Smith, and uh, <laughs> we'll leave Russell out of that one. But uh, you get what I'm saying, though. We we haven't seen Russell Bodine is catching strays. Get you know what he anchored he anchored the O line. Uh, he anchored the best O line I've seen in Bengals franchise history. So, um, yeah, I, I I think a lot of it has to do with scheme. Just because you you mentioned those five running backs or those five offensive schemes. Now the the Niners did go out and get a Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, and Christian McCaffrey to me is the anomaly. Like yeah. I you don't he is because he's is he I mean yes he's a running back, but he's almost his own position. He's a he's a utility man. He's a, he's pretty much a utility yes. man. He's a but, Swiss Army knife. But before Christian McCaffrey, you saw like the Niners just trotting out seventh round running back after seventh round running back. And you saw you saw Raheem Mostert take off for a while. You've seen Jeff Wilson uh do some stuff in the backfield. You saw Elijah Mitchell, who was yeah, the guy from a rookie of the year candidate in 2021. Um so yeah, it's uh I think a lot of it has to do with scheme. I, I, you've seen it work for those offensive play callers because they're really good at dialing up run game. And I just don't think Zach Taylor's in that echelon. Yeah. And, and I don't know. And I just think that for one, I would be surprised if the Bengals don't cut Joe Mixon. I, I would be in that room. Now, what do you think they will do? I honestly think it's a coin flip here, Sam. I, I really. Because See, I don't, I just don't, I just, I can't, I, I don't know. And like, I get what you're saying. I just cannot wrap my brain around why they would keep him. I don't yeah. know. I've tried. I've tried. I've tried. The one thing that, and I know we were, I was talking with somebody in the group and they brought up the, the one thing that Joe Mixon is really good at. Taking and, care and, of the football. Exactly. And, and you can't, he's but to my, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think he said one fumble in his career, maybe yeah. two. Fourth most among active rushers, yeah, and it's one fumble. It is incredible, incredible when it comes to that. But to what line of does that not become as much of a factor anymore? And and I don't know the answer to that. And that's where I I think I think this is obviously going to be a hard discussion because you know another thing with the Bengals is he's a team captain. You know, he quote unquote took a pay cut last year to be with the Bengals. Now, I don't think him taking a pay cut should have any any uh, impact on the decision that they're making now. No, it's a business. It's it yeah, is. yeah, it's a business. Can we highlight what Christopher Watman said here? I'm trying to to make uh, he uh, he it's uh, it's in on. response to Frank's comment about Chase being a number one wide receiver. He says not in Minnesota, Miami, or Dallas. I think Chase is better than CD Lamb. I would say that, and I. 
I mean, Chase, I would say, is better than Cooper Cup right now, and I don't even know who he's saying is I think better. Chase than- is better than Puka. Um, and then Chargers now, obviously, until Malik Neighbors gets there, and then maybe there's an argument if he turns out to be really good. But anyways, um, Joe Mixon, I, I really I, – I, I'm not like – I know I just argued with you for about 15 minutes on this, right? I'm still not like if he leaves, I'm not, you know, I, I, I think you could probably sustain the same level of offense probably if Joe Mixon's there or if Joe Mixon's not there. That's I think that's the point where I'm getting. Now, you, like you said, you could go cheaper at the position. Um, but I still think, I don't know. It's uh if his number was $5 million, I would be bringing him back. Yeah, I'll say that. But I think the eight and a half, that's a lot of money. And the Bengals offense, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. It needs to get more explosive. It needs to get faster. Because in all reality, the Bengals offense, it's good, but it's not necessarily fast. No. I mean, Chase is, Chase is the only player that is fast. I guess Chase and Chase Brown. Chase and Chase are the only players in that offense that really have any speed. Yeah. I mean, now is that, is that intentional? Do we know? I, I mean, I guess, do we, do we know if that's intentional that they like to kind of slow down the game, you know, take the game, uh, you know, kind of go at your own pace. Uh, you know, I, I it, don't know. I'm just, it, I'm just thinking it outside. It might the be a Burrow thing uh, that Burrow wants that, but at the same time, I mean, you're telling me Joe Burrow wouldn't like uh, Isaiah Pacheco, or you know, I think I think he'd probably take it. I know the name that keeps coming up, and we'll talk more about this next week when we dive into offensive free agents too. The fan free agent pick is going to be Clyde Edwards-Helaire. It's going to keep coming up. You already have Chase Brown. You don't need you're I, what you're going to have two I'm, Chase Browns. But he's friends with Joe Burrow, Mick. Oh man, yeah. They're going to bring back Thad Moss, too, in case you didn't hear. Yeah, and Tyler Shelton, Tiger Cats legends, Thad, <laughs> Thaddeus Moss. That's why Alex Schubert isn't watching tonight. He's actually on a flight to Hamilton, Canada. Or maybe he's in Hamilton, Ohio, walking around because he thinks that's where the Tiger Cats play. I don't know. He, he could be. I don't know that I'd be really we'd be wanting to walk around Hamilton at this time of night, though, if you know what I mean. The salary cap, though, Mick, I think is really interesting on this, is it got a massive bump. More than anyone was expecting to over $250 million. After you take away the T. Higgins decision, the Bengals have $52 million in cap space when it was expected that they were, what, can I have about 40? It's about $12 million more, right, give or take? Does this change anything this offseason? Are we talking about for the Bengals or just the NFL? Bengals. I'm talking for the Bengals. I don't think it really changes anything, just given that where the Bengals' needs are, because they like to address needs, immediate needs of free agency, and then future needs in the draft. I think that is what their philosophy has kind of been changed to uh, in the Zach Taylor era. But if we're looking to, for, we're looking at positions that, uh, where our needs are, right? So we're looking at slot receiver, three-tech defensive lineman, potentially. You're looking at a nose tackle. You're looking at a tight end, and you're right looking tackle. at 
a right tackle. Yeah, right tackle. Um, and then maybe a secondary piece. Yes, it may be a secondary piece. My point here is the free agent class this year at those positions, other than maybe cornerback, is uh, is not that appealing. Uh, there are not many uh, running backs that aren't gonna that that are, that are gonna cost more than Joe Mixon that I would really want in free agency. Um, there are really no wide receivers in the slot that I want. There is one possibility. Uh, I, I I think Nick Westbrook and Keenan is probably going to get a look from us uh, because he's got a similar build to Tyler. Uh, he's a little bit younger and um, he plays primarily in the slot. But other than that, there's really no slot receivers. There are no nose tackles that the Bengals are going to go after, except DJ DJ Reader. Maybe DJ. This might be the reason DJ Reader's back because of the. Because the nose tackle class is so bare, what the three tech where, class is. The, where's the Josh Tupo love? I hope he's, he's out back. There. I hope he's back as a as a. He's uh, gonna be back. You know that <laughs> they can't get he's rid of him. Come back, work in the pro shop. That's what he's gonna do. Oh, Any, Josh uh, Tupo. Anyways, there are no. There's no nose tackles. Uh, the three techs, I mean, there's some good three techs, but I think they are approaching the age of 30, and I don't think Zach necessarily wants that. I don't think the team necessarily wants that. They like having people that are going into their second contracts. Um, what I'm interested in is just really quick on that note, and this will be something we'll talk about when we talk about defensive free agencies. Are they at a point now where they've built enough to where they can afford to take one or two of those guys? Especially so, if they are going to quote unquote try and push all of the chips to the table for a little run here in 2024, and I'm interested in that this off season. Yeah, I mean, like, I I don't think Chris Jones is going to be a guy, but just use him as an example. Like he is probably the epitome of what you're talking about in that realm of a, a you know three tech defensive tackle that is pushing 30 that is going to want multiple years on his deal. Now, I don't think I think he will be too expensive. But now that this salary increase, it at least I think it makes that much of a chance go to that much of a chance, maybe. Well, here's the thing with the salary cap increase. And this is where I don't think it's like the this is where I don't think, oh, this is the craziest thing in the world. This all this does is enable markets to reset for positions. So this is just going to make a wide receiver go from demanding or asking for. $30 $30 million a year to $35 million a year. This isn't going to really have much of an impact on free agent signings. It has a good impact on the tag that T has because now his tag is essentially at a discount at 2020 or at $22 million. But I don't think this really impacts free agent signings. Like we all think it will. Yeah. And I, I don't know the answer to that because I think another thing with that is increase for everybody. Even the Saints. Yeah. The Saints now, they, now are they went, they're only like $300 million in the hole now. Went from $50 million to $40 million maybe. <laughs> let's see. Let's see where the cap hits at now. I just I just find that uh, really funny. Uh, Chris, Dude, they, for, their finances are... They're, they're I don't know how they do it. I don't, I don't know, know how, how they, do. they do it. Now it is $40 million. It used to be $52 yeah. Million. Yeah. Um, The bills are the same way, too. Yeah, they're in cap 
hell as well when it comes to it. Christopher writes in and he asks, Mixon will definitely be asked to restructure his deal or be cut. Uh, he says, how about two years, $10 million with $8 million guaranteed for a restructure? That would be a lower cap hit for two seasons. I would say no. I don't uh, want two more let years. Let me read it again. Two years, 10 mil, 8 mil guaranteed. I would say no because I don't want Joe Mixon on my books after this season. If I have to have him one more year, I want him one more year. I don't want him more than that because he's going to be entering, you know, he's already had a seven-year career. He would be entering year eight and nine, I guess, would that be? Or would it be seven and eight? Still, regardless, he's he would be an ancient running back at that term. So I would say no, personally. That's just me, though. Would you agree to that, Mick? I would not re-sign Joe Mixon after this year. So he's wanting, this is a restructure to get rid of this year's deal and to add a year on. I mean, that's essentially re-signing Joe Mixon to I a guess, one-year yeah. deal. Correct. So this would be 24 and 25. Yeah. No. no. Uh, I don't want Joe Mixon. I probably don't want Joe Mixon back after this season. Um, Here's my thing on on the Bengals cap health right now. And we've talked about this before, Sam. They are masters of the salary cap. They, uh, They utilize this thing I think better than any franchise in football. And they and I think they have to do it because they are not, you know, goo goo billionaire, multi-billionaire owners like the Walton family uh, that just have unlimited resources at their disposal and they just think they can buy whatever they want and then they end up in cap hell. Uh, they have to treat this thing very carefully. They, the, the way the front office goes about things is very conservative. It's very conservative. So they're looking for high-value guys for cheap money. They have an opportunity here, Sam, to build a decent roster in football while still maintaining good cap health with also having the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL. This is what, and 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 the part of me makes me think they might try to, and they all, and they're always thinking long term. I think I, I, and I think that's why I'm not so sure if they're going to put all the chips in on 2024 here. No, I don't think they will. Nor do I think they should, because I think they believe what Joe Burrow said that the window is his whole career. Yes, I yeah. If they can roll over as much as they. Yeah, they could roll over a lot of money into 2025, and hopefully it's a better free agent class then because this one sucks. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's it's uh, they have an opportunity to do that, and you don't you don't have you don't see the Chiefs doing something like that, even though I think they maintain decent cap health. You definitely aren't seeing the Bills do that with Josh Allen. They are. There are more. They're more. They're more in the hole than the Saints are. Uh, believe it or yeah. not, Sam. Yeah, they um, are the number one team when it comes to uh, worst cap health in the NFL. Uh, I'm just looking ahead here to go at. You mentioned the 2025 free agent class. I'm just looking at defensive tackles right now. Uh, do you want 34 year old Aaron Donald? I would go all in on Aaron Donald. Uh, that's. I doubt the Bengals would do it, but I would. I I don't uh, care that that man is thirty four. I would. I would. I would throw my chips in for Aaron Donald. He's the best defensive player I've ever seen play 
uh, oh, in yes. my lifetime. And plus, so, and then, oh, I'm just loving this list of players. And then Cam Sample pops up. Like, yeah, I just love, you know, when, when you look at the list of free agents. But, I mean, you've got... You're looking at Derek Brown. I mean, that that could yeah, be... I, that's, that was the exact name that I was bringing up. Christian Barmore. I don't know. And this is just looking into the future of, of some of them that the Bengals Aline could look McNeil. at. I mean that that would be a solid signing. That's that's a very Bengals, Bengals signing. Ali McNeil from the Lions. So yeah, yeah. I mean, you're, I'm. I mean, obviously, we'll we'll look more into it um, next off season. But it's already looking like the D tackle class is better. Well, it's hard to be much worse if we're being honest, though. Oh, I mean, it's 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 very bare this year. It's uh, very tough. Like you you you've got a couple of dudes. But you've got nothing really behind them. You know, you got Chris Jones, you got Christian Wilkins. And then it's, you know. And those and guys are older. Those guys are yeah. older free agents. The Bengals don't like signing older free agents. No, they don't. They got burned when they signed, when they signed two entering 30 defensive linemen to contract extensions, and neither one lived up to their money. Yeah. I Sorry, think Gino Carlos. Already Gino. On the, I think Gino is already on the plus side of 30 when that happened. Yeah. And I think they, they, because that's the one thing about this Bengals franchise that you can say, you can, they learn their lessons. Yep. They learn from mistakes for the most part. Um, Carl writes in here and says, I'm not saying they need to re-sign Mixon, but they better keep him or the running back room is screwed. Then draft his replacement for the long run. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think they'd have to find a place to replace him. Now, whether that's in free agency or in the draft, it would have to happen somewhere because I don't think you're throwing all of your chips into Chase Brown and Chris Evans and Travion Williams. And then there was also a running back on the practice squad, I believe. Is Jacques Patrick still there? No, he's probably with the Vipers. Yeah, or uh, Holyfield. Remember Evander Holyfield's son, wasn't he? Elijah Holyfield, that's right. Uh, So I I don't know. I find that interesting. Also coming up this week is everyone's favorite off-season thing. It is the NFL Combine, because I know everybody is going to be just sitting on the edge of their seat on NFL Network. They have wall-to-wall coverage. Mick, I only watch one event, and I and when I say I watch, I don't really watch. It's more of I like watching the highlights from it when it comes to the Combine. I might flip it on on the TV so it's on in the background in the other room. And that's the 40-yard dash just because I love watching offensive linemen run 40-yard dashes. And I always think, shout out to Andre Smith. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Remember when we all like didn't want him because his combine was so terrible? Well, yeah, and he, he ran his 40-yard dash with his shirt off. <laughs> yeah. But do you do you watch the combine? Well, like not anymore. I don't. Uh, I, given did Andre given Smith scar you? N- no, just given what I what I have to do. Oh well, yes, during the yeah, spring, you are a tax guy, but yeah. Anyways, um, wait, what were you asking? Do I watch the combine? You, yeah, yeah. Like, I, are, will you take in highlights? Yeah, will I'll watch. Have... I'll probably watch highlights on Twitter every now and then. Um, I honestly, I think the more in, the best in, indicative or the best uh, drill that they do. My favorite thing is the shuttle because That's I think fun. that kind of, I think that really sees what the quickness is and the agility is in each player. And I think it translates well to every position. That's not, you know, 
kicker or punter. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think, uh, the combine is, uh, I think, I think it's beneficial to the sport. I think it produces a lot of overreactions though. It does. But now I want to give you an off topic question. What would be your 40 time right now? If you would run out into the parking lot outside your house, what would be your 40 time? Six, one. See, I was thinking I'd probably be like six, four, six, five. Yeah, I'd I might six, be. Six. I might be a little quicker than that. I don't know. I don't think you are. I'd, I'd put you at like a six eight. No way. I'm faster than that. Uh, well, I can we'll warm do up. Until, I got, we'll do it tailgate. Yeah, after after a couple of apple juices, that's a real good idea. That's fine. <laughs> I mean, uh, might make us quicker, right? Or or we'll end up in the nearest bush. That's that's good. That's a good place to be. But you, Mick, have a list of some NFL Combine guys that you're going to at least be keeping an eye on. Whether Now, are these Bengals Combine watches or just Combine watches in general? For the most part, they are Bengals Combine watches. I don't have any quarterbacks on here. I, I am having positions I think the Bengals could be looking at drafting. Now, uh, I'm going to put a disclaimer. I do have a five-tech defensive tackle or defensive lineman on there, and the Bengals don't utilize that because they are a four, three off or defense. So 95% of this list, I think the Bengals could look at targeting. So I'll just kind of go through some guys here. And then if you ever, if you ever want to stop me and talk about a guy, we can. So um, I've got four running backs on here. I've got Trey Benson, the running back out of Florida state. He's uh, the consensus number one running back in the draft. Runs a 4.3740 uh, at 225 pounds, which I think is pretty That's impressive. Quick. Yeah, That's for quick. a guy that big. Um, Dylan Johnson, running back out of Washington, had a really good year this past year. Uh, had a really impressive shuttle time in high school. I can only imagine it's gotten better. Uh, I think in like the 98th percentile. Also runs a 4.440. Uh, Will Shipley, uh, the. Uh, the store brand version of CMC is what he's going to end up being. Running back out of Clemson, ran a four four two forty again. A pressing shot. Related to Jordan, he might be Bengals legend. I, I got to look this up here. Keep talking. Okay, and then the other running back I have, and I'm sorry, Sam, uh, you might not even know this name honestly, but Jalen Wright. Do you know where he's from? Is he Tennessee? Yes, he is. R- runs yeah. a four three one, average seven point one yards per carry at Tennessee. You, you, you'll I'm never already guess gonna... what I'm about to say here, Mick. What? I think he had a big game against Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> so before the show, guys, I like listed some SEC like combine watchers to Sam, and every one of them, he's like, "Oh, I think he had a really good game against UK." <laughs> Yeah, it it just be that way. So, yeah, he had eleven carries for one hundred and twenty yards, including a fifty-two yard <laughs> touchdown. Yeah, yeah, I thought so. I was like, that name sounds really. In fact, now that I'm remembering this, I'm remembering he just broke a big one right up the middle. And yeah, okay. Thanks I'm for being back. Bad this guy as the next Raheem Mostert. Oh, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and and put that stamp on him. I really hope Kyle Shanahan. <laughs> Or uh, or Mike McDaniel doesn't get a hold of this guy. Um, okay, wide receivers. Uh, I'm looking at second round receivers for the most part, and in later rounds as well. 
this is really just round two, which uh, honestly, that kind of waiting for him. Drop the name with the trend here. So uh, Xavier Leggett, wide receiver out of South Carolina, also had a huge game against Kentucky. Uh, Really explosive receiver and has got a great frame. Uh, Reminds me a lot of DK Metcalf. So I think he's, except he's got more agility. I think the DK Metcalf has. Uh, Jermaine Burton, wide receiver out of Alabama. I think if Alabama didn't have Jalen Millerow at quarterback, I think Jermaine Burton would have absolutely have gone off. Uh, 4-3-1 speed uh, has about the same build as Jamar and reminds me a lot of Jamar when he plays. Yeah, Brendan Rice out of USC played with Caleb Williams. Uh, pretty good measurables. They're not like crazy out of this world, but I think his stock could go up just because he's kind of a jack of all trades in terms of the measurables. He's not really deficient in anything. Um, You're missing ooh. one. You're missing one. I'm Malachi Corley is not on here. Well, um, your list is incorrect then, because Malachi you want, Corley you want to ride a Western Kentucky. Yeah, we're talking about combine though here, Sam. And let's uh, let's go through Malachi Corley's measurables while we're he's going to run like a four one two. Um, no, he's not a fast guy. I know that he is not. Um, he is cool. not going to be a combine darling. Five ten. He's in the thirteenth percentile of height. He's in the thirty one percentile of hand size. His forty time is a four four six, which is okay. He's not going to be a comp. He's not going to be a combine, it's, darling. I got to look up T. Higgins' forty time now. But it's probably it, T. Higgins probably is also that. not a combine, darling either. Um, he, T. Higgins was a four six. Yeah, his was not. He was not a combine, darling. I think he probably tanked some of his da- draft stock a little bit because of the combine. Because I think he was. I mean, he was. I thought he was like a fringe first rounder, and I, he ended up being pick number thirty three. He pretty much was a pretty first, much rounder. first rounder, but yeah. Anyways, Johnny Wilson, wide receiver out of Florida state. Uh, I bet fans are going to um, clamor for Johnny Wilson because the guy is, uh, you know, six, seven and, you know, reminds them of Auden Tate, except he has a lot more athleticism than Auden Tate has. And then the other wide, the last wide receiver on my list, Roman Wilson, national champion from Michigan, uh, 90th plus percentiles in the 40 shuttle and the vertical, which I think is, I think they're all really indicative of, of a good wide receiver. Um, Sorry. Uh, I've got a couple more positions here. Uh, tight end, Jaheim Bell. Uh, I'm just going to list the names. Theo Johnson and a, uh, from Penn State. Jaheim Bell from Florida State. A.J. Barner from Michigan. Uh, do you have anything on those guys, Sam, that you want to discuss, or should we move on? Keep going. Okay. Offensive linemen, uh, a lot of first-round, second-round players here. J.C. Latham, uh, right tackle from Oregon. Guy's an absolute mammoth and runs a sub-5 uh, 40-time. J.C. <laughs> Latham, he's he's uh, Alabama. Yes, he is. Uh, Troy Faltanu, offensive lineman from Washington. Washington. I think that he's going to end up playing on the inside in uh, – in the NFL, but played a tackle at Washington. Um, nothing like crazy great, but I think he's just an overall uh, really good athlete. Tyler Guyton from Oklahoma, Patrick Paul from Houston, and Kingsley Suamataya from uh, from BYU. You just wanted to say that name. I did. 
Uh, he's on the shorter <laughs> end, but he's also really athletic. Um, and then Patrick Paul has uh, some of the best measurables I've ever seen on an offensive lineman, the offensive tackle out of Houston. Um, but the problem is, is that he had a really bad senior bowl. So uh, I think that's going to tank any chance of him getting selected at the end of the first round. Defensive tackles, Michael Hall Jr. out of Ohio State, Dwayne Carter out of Duke, and no, that is not Wheezy. That is a different guy. Uh, and then cornerbacks, Quignon Mitchell out of Toledo and Kyrie Jackson out of Oregon. And then Kyrie Jackson I really like because the dude's like 6'3 and plays safety. Or maybe plays cor- actually plays corner and still has a 4-4, 40-yard uh, dash speed. So it sounds like he's really got good frame and he's really fast and you know good frame usually comes with and that's what the Bengals like. in there too yeah like a can like quick yeah where are your punters on the list there uh tommy townsend um punter he's, out he's, of florida he has uh, been drafted a few years ago uh, yeah do i you know not like, have any punters that yeah, you're watching you, at the combine you want to you want to you want to stop or you want to you want to end the show on some tommy townsend real quick because i think that he the Bengals should definitely take a look at him we can. Uh, for those of you that don't know, the Kansas City Chiefs uh, signed a guy with bad PR. Um, and we're not going to talk about bad, the bad PR because I don't want to discuss about it. That. But uh, now Tommy Townsend, pro ball punter, maybe all pro punter, can't remember, is probably going to be on the market. For those of you that don't know, Tommy Townsend was Evan McPherson's fellow punter at Florida. And I Does think he that this. Chiefs? Huh? Does he hold for the Chiefs? I would think so. Maybe not. I'm not thinking. I was like, I, I have no idea. Now Who that the I'm hell would hold for the Chiefs? Okay, now. apparently it is it is uh, Tommy it is Tommy Townsend. So he has that experience, and you got to imagine that if he didn't hold for McPherson at Florida, he at least did something. I think it would be a great a great signing for the uh, for at the least Bengals. bring him into camp, right? I mean, unless if some team just you know, shows him the bag, which maybe, I mean, he's good enough of a punter where I think another, I think you would have to sign him and move on for Brad Robbins uh, completely. Like you can't just bring him in uh, for uh, to battle with Robbins for a roster spot. Um, I am interested to see the hang time numbers for Townsend because we know he has a great leg Uh, dude boots 55 you know, yard punts on the regular. Are you looking up punter? I am. I'm, I'm typing here where we, where we go about this. Uh, but yeah, no, I think it would be a really, really interesting to see if you're just going, this is, uh, I guess I can change the stats here. So in 2023, his average punt, actually it took a huge drop from the previous year. It was 47 yards was his average punt, which was a, a massive drop from the previous season. Um, now that I'm looking, which is kind of interesting when it comes to this. It doesn't have the hang time, at least on this stat that I'm looking in. I don't want to waste uh, much more time diving into the hang time because I, I, I don't know how to easily find it. It's probably a PFF staff. staff. I mean, are, are we ready to write off Brad Robbins after one year? I hope not because I just love our boy. That he makes me like happy. such a cool guy. I mean, let's let's be real here. I mean... He had Kevin Huber here for over 10 years. 25 years, I think. 35 years. And it's not like he was the greatest punter 
Um, you know what I mean? It's not like he was really that good of a punter. They trusted him. They did. They trusted him. He's a good holder, good locker room guy. Uh, you know, wasn't terrible, but he was never really, you know, great. Or, you know, he's he, at his peak, he was probably like a top 15 punter. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I mean, I think Brad that's... Robbins was probably one of the worst in the league this past year, but sorry to cut you off. No, I was going to say, I think that's a good place for us to to wrap up the show as well. We had some good discussions talking Joe Mixon, T. Higgins, and so on. Uh, next week, we're going to dive into, we were talking about a little bit of the offensive free agents that the Bengals could target. Who could they look at at the running back position? Who could be the right tackle? Is there a slot wide receiver out there that the Bengals could look at in free agency? We will tell you all of those guys next week. Tight end, too. Can't forget about them. Uh, And then in two weeks from today, we're going to dive all the way into the defensive free agents. As free agency opens two weeks, really from tomorrow, that's when the tampering window opens. That's when we'll start to hear some of the tidbits of who the Bengals could potentially be interested in. Remember to follow us on all of our social media channels. Uh, We are also on your favorite podcasting platform. Go back and listen that way, as you can go on Spotify, on iTunes, all of the different ways that we have for you to join us there. Mick, do you have any parting thoughts on T. Higgins, Joe Mixon, and more? Uh, I mean, no, I think I've said everything I need to say. Um, I think the team is going to choose whatever they think is best for them. And uh, that's about it. You know, I, I have enough I have enough faith that the front office knows what they're doing is where I'm kind of getting at there. Where did our backdrop go? Sorry about that. I was clicking off on the wrong thing. I was clicking too much and made the wrong click and got rid of our background there for a second. It's back, though. We're good. I didn't know if we were transitioning to the other show since we wanted to be the other yes, show. Yes, it is. It is. It's 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 been a long week and it's going to be a long week. So it's it's gonna be great. Good luck. And uh, we'll see you next week on next week's edition of front of I almost just did it again there, Rick. <laughs> Jungle Juice. We need to end right now. Have a good night. Who day? Who day, guys? Thanks for watching.